What's up, guys? What up, y'all? Let's go. What's up? What's up? Welcome back, I-90 Sports Nation, to episode 21 of the I-90 Sports Podcast. The best episode. What up, JD? As usual, I got my buddy Bears fan in the house, Chicago fan. What up, bud? Dude, I'm doing good. I'm I'm better than ever, as usual. Better than ever, as always. Um, constantly hyped about Chicago sports. I mean, we, we got a lot to talk about, man, today. It's going to be a really, really good episode. I'm excited. We got, we, we got a lot to unpack today. There's there, there was a lot going on. So much. It's awesome. I'm really hyped to get into it. A lot of awesome comments already. That's awesome. I'm hyped. I'm so, get, read all these. Um. Let's kind of let's jump right into it. We're gonna start with like we usually do. We'll start with the NFL, um, and let's let's talk about the the Pats and Colts game coming up. And it's um, once again, it's a bit it's a big game for for both teams. The Patriots trying to get another win, and mm-hmm. and stay on on top of that number. You know, stay with that number one seed and hang on to it. Although we did get um, a few favors done over the weekend. Uh, you know, separating us by two. I think they gave us a two-game lead now with the current, with the way the um, the Bills and the with the the Bills loss, and I forget who else. But we did get some help this weekend. Um, we did. So that was that was we nice. Did. But hopefully the the Pats can come out with a dub and and uh, keep that number one seed. Currently sitting at nine and four, they will uh, head into after a really tough game against the Bills. That. Uh, that was some rough sledding there. That that was not an easy one. We we had talked about that previously. That was that was not an easy game. That was they had to work for that one. But they're heading in to uh to Indy to face a, a very stout run game in the Indianapolis Colts. Um and Carson Wentz has kind of found new life and is playing playing serv- more than serviceable. He's he's uh, played well. It's it's a good game. So we'll we'll start off here with the uh, I'm gonna um let's kind of start it off on the offensive end of the of, of things. Um I so I want to get your thoughts first. How would you how would you if you were the Patriots attack these these got the Colts? The Colts have a stout defense, the Colts have a strong running game, like as you said, and uh it's it's a really interesting. I think Jonathan Taylor or excuse me. Yeah, that's Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. I, I yep. think he's. Yep. I think he is the, probably right now. Over the last few weeks, has shown that with Derrick Henry, King Henry, you know, with he's since he's injured, Taylor is now probably the premier back in the league, uh, or at least he he could be going forward. And and he is he is phenomenal. Um, and I think that this is definitely a grudge match. You know how much the Colts hate the Patriots for a lot of reasons, especially. Uh, in recent years for the Josh McDaniels situation, but that's a whole different story. Uh, this specific game, it's going to be another grounded pound, I think. Uh, there's a lot of bad weather coming into the Midwest lately. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen, honestly. The, the weather could be completely unpredictable. That's something that cannot be understated. Um, and, I mean, the Patriots got to stick to the formula. They got to stick to the formula. They got to keep on running. Uh, maybe slowly dish out more and more of Mac Jones uh, as you see fit. But ultimately, the, the name of the game is time of possession. And the Patriots understand how to control that. And the Colts also do too. So this is going to be a very good game, a classic rivalry. 
uh, reborn well, um, because both of these teams want or have playoff aspirations. I mean, the Colts are ne- not necessarily like an elite team by any means, but they have talented guys. They have a, a coach who's proven he can win, and uh, they hate the Patriots. So this is going to be a good game, I think. Uh, and uh, ultimately, how do we? How would you attack the defense? Like I said, the only way you could do it is the run game. Start with the run game. But let me know what you think yeah. about that, my man. No, I, I completely agree. So here's here. So here's what I kind of wrote down for offense, right? I, I agree with a lot of what you were saying. It, it's to me, this game is going to be won and lost in the trenches because both of us are going to come out of the gate. And the first thing we're going to try and do is establish dominance on the ground. Yes, both teams, absolutely. With Taylor well. and with, with Harris and Stevenson. That's both teams are going to come out and it's just going to, like you said, be a ground and pound kind of game. Who can, this is good. This is going to be a, a game that's won and lost in the trenches. The our our interior defensive line has got to play. Um, we'll we'll get to that. All right, I'll, I'm getting ahead. Oh of yeah. That. So for the oh, offense, we'll it, man. the offensive line has got to come out and they have to play exactly like they did in Buffalo. Oh, you know, given given um, you know, given gotta Stevenson, protect the kid, given and given yeah. Harris some running room, um, and just room to work. So they. And I want Josh McDaniels to continue what he's been doing. Put his foot on the gas and go right after him. I don't want to hesitate. I want to attack the Colts on offense and make them because I here's what I think, right? If and let me know what you think. If you put the Colts in a position where right off the bat they're playing from behind, it's not going to be good for them. Because that means you've got to put the ball in Carson Wentz's hands. If they're if they're down 10 early on. It's not going to be good for them. Carson Wentz to me, there's a lot of Jay Cutler in Carson Wentz, and and as a Bears fan, you know I know all about that. He's got tremendous talent; like it cannot be underestimated. Honestly, I would say Carson Wentz is a lot better than Jay Cutler, but there is like that kind of if you put the ball in his hands, what will he do with it? So I agree with you. the 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 name of the game for the Patriots right away: punch him in the chin, make Carson Wentz play. Don't let Jonathan Taylor even sniff the end zone. Like, do do not get him excited. Do not get him going. And uh, it, it, yeah, he said it's going to be a, a Taylor and Bolden fight, yeah, dog fight. Yeah, man, that's I think that, that that's a that's a heavy possibility. I, I think that's very possible that this could be. But that's the thing. I think the Patriots can contain Taylor better than the Colts could contain Bolden. Just saying, because the Patriots could always switch it up on you too. They don't have just one dimension. They have like five guys that can send it to you. So. I, I think I like the Patriots in that game, to be honest, overall. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I also, I, so obviously it's the run get, you know, we want to assert dominance in the run game. And like you, like you, like you had said previously, control the clock, long sustained drives that come away with points, you know, whether it's three or six, hope more, hopefully more than likely it's six every time you go down into the red zone, but you know, you can't always, can always score a touchdown, but hopefully long sustained drives that, that accumulate points. That's what I want to see. Um, and I do think that they can utilize the middle of the field. Cause I don't have too, too much faith in the linebacking core, on the Colts, so I think a lot of what Mac Jones is good at, those slants and in cuts and just the the comeback routes, you know, a lot of that 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 eight to twelve yard, eight to sixteen yard throw, you know, I think we're gonna see a lot of those 
Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of those like rub routes and pick routes because I do think that the middle of the field for for New England is going to be open. I, I, I think the they can uh, definitely take advantage of the Colts linebackers it, um, on that front. So you're saying Hunter Henry is going to have a good day? I think Probably. so. I, yeah. I think I think Jonu Smith and I think the tight ends are going to have a very good day. I, I think that middle of the field that they can definitely attack and and use against them. Um, this on is the, the time to get Jones going too. And then obviously you got to you know keep your rookie quarterback upright, protect Mac. If you can let if you let Mac Jones work like the way he's he's been you know been able to work. That then I, I think we can win this game. And here's a little uh, here's a little stat for you. I want to. So where do you think the oh, Patriots' serious. offensive line is ranked this year? Without looking or anything, where, where do you five. think they're ranked this year? It's got to be top five with the running that they've been doing. It's got to be right. Where do you where do you think? Give me give me your rank. Six, two. They are oh, second wow. in the NFL. Only, be, only behind the Cleveland Browns' offensive line. So one, they are the number two ranked offensive line in the league right now. Wow, the the Browns. That's that says a lot. Wow, and that's interesting. And, and really, this is the time to establish yourself as an offensive line, as a run mm-hmm. game, and to let your because that's the thing. This is the game. We're late in the season. The Patriots are probably going to go to the playoffs. They're in a really, really good position to go to the playoffs. So this is the time to, all right, let the, let the rookie let it rip a little bit. Let, let him throw a little bit deep down the field. Don't get too crazy. But I think this is the game where we're going to see Mac throw a little bit more than we have in, a, in previous games. Because also it was running, or, or excuse me, it was snowing. And I, I, I really respect what Belichick did. I mean, I think Belichick, also another thing, this this should be noted. I don't know if this was uh, if this was noticed by a lot of people. I think me and you noticed it. But the Navy and the the Army game, Belichick's a very he's a military guy, mm-hmm. military brat. In the previous week, right before that game, he decides to run like crazy. I mean, there's something there that there's there's a connection to that. Obviously, well, and, the snow had to do with it too. But and that 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 just goes to show you too, like. Just to, to to go off real sec, real quick, one second here. Mm-hmm. N- you name me one other coach. If you said to me that the if you said to me we're gonna we're gonna run the ball forty six times and throw three passes and you have to win that game. Name me one other coach in the NFL that could do that. Th- there is none. They couldn't because they wouldn't have enough schemes, in my opinion. To to they do it, yeah. They wouldn't have enough schemes. Uh, Bill Tortlett uh, says the Patriots can't make it. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. I, I actually don't know. The only team I think that could do it is Derrick Henry. And I and I notice how I didn't say Mike Vrabel. I said Derrick Henry just because of the talent. Uh, yeah. Bill Tortlett wants us to know that the Patriots can't make effing stupid penalties on dumb penalties in the defensive line. They they Good no, point. No, but like. Absolutely. Like we said at the start of this thing, this this game is going to be True. whoever wins in the trenches. Whoever wins in the trenches is going to win this game. The Patriots are number two, only behind the Browns. I mean, the, the Colts do have a good offensive line, though. It's, they do. It, but it, their offensive line is very good, but I don't think it's as good as, as the Patriots. I like Belichick's, because uh, Belichick is a secondary guy. I always talk about it. Belichick's scheming against Wentz. I, I do like that matchup versus yeah. Wentz getting in his head, kind of mixing up a little bit. 
Yeah. Wentz is not the most mature quarterback. I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's a very talented guy. But I think Belichick can outsmart him. That's all I'm trying to say. He's a good, he's a good player. I don't want to throw him under, you know, I'm trying to throw shade at him. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. I hear you. So let's let's move it over onto the defensive side of the football. And we got so two defensive, two key defensive guys for the Patriots are coming back off of the old uh one of us one of them's coming back off the old C19 list and one is coming back from injured reserve so it's huge we're getting Kyle back off of the um the 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 C19 reserve list and we are getting Josh Uche back off of uh injured reserve so both of those guys uh D- T- Kyle Duggar's a big one that's a big one on D to help, you know, to help in the secondary and help with the run, help stop the run because he's a he is a very good open field tackler for for the Pats. Um, so that's that's a big one. So those two guys big are one. coming back. Um, another another kind of thing. If you guys didn't, if anybody from Pats Nation didn't hear, Adrian Phillips did not tear his ACL. It is a bad. It's like a grade three knee sprain. It's really bad. It's it's bad. He's, con- but he is considered day to day. But the good, the good thing is, there's no ligament damage. You know, no, he did not tear his ACL. That was confirmed via MRI. So that's that's a that's good, good thing. And hopefully, give him some time to recover. Be ready yeah, for the playoffs. Ho- hopefully, hopefully he'll recover in time for the you know for for the playoff run. But that's but that's a good thing though. He he's he didn't. No ligament damage was done in that one. Um, for the D. They're gonna need to get. They're gonna need to get pressure on Wentz uh, without without blitzing him. The 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 defense, the interior defensive line has got to come to play. Barmore, Lawrence, guy, um, they they those two guys have got to. Uh, Devon Gotcha, the the big boys in the middle have got to come to play. They have got to clog that up, and because our defensive, uh, our, our we're good at containing the edge. We we have been able to to contain the edge on D very well. So if they can clog the middle up and make Taylor have to, you know, have to try and bounce it to the outside, running east and west will get you nowhere. You know right. what I mean? Taylor can oh, run yeah. all he wants, you know, east and west. It's good for we a trick play. Going north and south. So right. if they can clog that middle up, I, I will we'll be okay. That's that's the first thing. They have they, you know, they gotta they gotta um, be able to, to stop the run and that leads into the next point is if you make on defense if you make the Colts one dimensional and you make and you put the ball in Carson Wentz's hands 40 times I do think he's going to throw one or two picks I, I just I think he's that type of a quarterback where he, if he has to throw 40 times he's he's going to throw a pick or two and he's going it's and it's going to be in a bad spot too. Like it'll give the Patriots a short field or something. Like let's say he throws one and the Pats are open, are up seven nothing, and he throws a bad pick. It's something like that could is is absolutely capable of happening. And if they if they make him one dimensional, what do you think? Absolutely, no, I, I agree with you. He's he 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 is he's the type of guy where, and I credit him for this because. It's probably how I'd be if I was if I was in the NFL too. If I had, you know, God willing, uh, it, it he's the type of guy where he wants to make the best the best play. The, he wants to make that winning play. You know what? Sometimes for him it works. He is talented. I, I would never throw it, but he also sometimes throws that that horrible pick, that dagger pick that just deflates your entire team. 
So you hate to see it, but he is, he plays hero ball. That's what it is. It's the football version of hero ball. He wants to make the play. So if, if you kind of put the ball in his hands and force him to make the play, uh, you have a good chance of a few turnovers. And it's not that he's, uh, and that's the thing. He could dice you though. It's the, it could, it's one of the two ways. Either he'll throw two or three picks or he'll dice you. He's kind of like Ben Roethlisberger in that way. Yeah. Uh, and that's the good side, the bad side, Jay Cutler, the good side, Ben Roethlisberger. That's what we've, the connection we've made. He's a good player. You know what I mean? Very good player, Hall of Famer, uh, two Super Bowls. But at the same time, you know what I mean? Like he, he gets you. <laughs> Belichick will get you. He's a, he's, he's tricky. He's crafty. He's got a bunch of different schemes. Uh, and he'll, he'll throw a million different looks at you during a game. Each play could be different for Belichick. He doesn't care if he needs to. If he needs to, he'll write up. Uh, yeah, he, he is. He's dangerous like that. Uh, so I, I, I definitely think that you're right. The the key to the game for the Patriots is to put the ball into Wentz's hands and see what happens. And, and see, like I, I agree. Like you, you put it good. You, you, you said it. You said it well. Force him to make a play. You know, what I mean, like force mm-hmm. him into making that decision. Do I? It's third and 17. We're down by 10. Do I really want to throw this 20 yard out into double coverage? Or, but like, you know what I mean? Like, do like, like make him think that he can squeeze that throw into that double coverage and, you know, yes, absolutely. Make him have to make a play like that. And you can, you know, then there's JC Jackson and there's, you know what I mean? He's ready for you. Belichick has got somebody, um, he's, he's, it's like the spider, the fly, man. You just gotta, you gotta he's got a trap. He, he's he's got a million traps for you, especially if you're a down the field thrower, uh, and that's that's his game. So, uh, if you play Belichick's game against him, yeah. If you play conservative ball, then you might beat Belichick. You know, what I mean, T- take the time of possession. But that's the thing. Get the ball if you can get the ball last. If you can play exactly. conservative ball and get the ball last, you have a shot. But not a lot. Of, but see, you have to have really good time management in order to do that. And a lot of these coaches that he's playing, he he doesn't give them that opportunity. You know what I mean? He he does he yeah. he doesn't give them that opportunity to have the ball last. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He he dominates the time of possession. He plays the clock well. I, I don't think I've ever seen Belichick ever mess up. Like I've seen a lot of coaches, including Matt Nagy, mess up down the stretch in a game, in there, including <laughs> Nagy. Mess up, mess up. We see still Mike Tomlin and uh, we saw Mike Tomlin and the Steelers the other night mess it up too. We yeah. see people mess up the, the the final minutes of the game a lot. Belichick mm-hmm. does not. He is very good at that. Oh, okay. We have 0.5 seconds left. Click timeout. It's like he knows exactly how to play this game. So uh, it's it, it is very interesting. It's very interesting. Belichick is uh, he's he's slick. He's slick. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of schemes. So. I, I have two guys that I think that need to perform well in this game for me. Need like not not hope they perform well. I I <laughs> need in order for the Pats to win, they need to play well. And that's Joanne. Talk about Bentley. win the game that's or win the, the Super Bowl. That's the interior line. That's the linebackers. Oh, Juwan okay, yeah. Bentley and and Hightower. And those are the run stopping linebackers that we have. Those guys, the interior, the interior linebackers have got to come to play. Gotcha. If, if Taylor gets into the second level, you better make him pay. Yeah, you know, like you make, said, make East him pay West. for it. If he if he gets through the defensive line, hit him, hit him, make him pay for it. You know, they they make him earn every inch that they <laughs> that they're gonna get. You know, and uh, you know how it is, dude. When you when you pop someone and you and you and you send a message with a good hard hit, they might think twice about trying to do that. 
There's a reason why there's why players cover up the cameras and get all get in all like a scrum formation so they can get punch you right in the gut. Yeah, that's the kind of it's kind of cup check here real quick. You know, <laughs> see what you got. Yeah, they're trying to do anything to you. Kidney elbow you right in the kidney. No, yeah, there's things. There's a lot of things you can do to a running back. That's the thing. I've always I always respected running backs. Running backs are the most dangerous. I mean, they're just you, you're doing like you're just getting your ass kicked every week. You're like, all right, guys, give me the ball, I'll get my ass kicked. It yeah. is, it's a job, man. No, no That's doubt, a job they, right they, there. That is a position on the field that takes a constant beating all the time, especially the good running backs, like 25 a game, man. I don't care how strong and, and talented you are, get your freaking butt beat, Bill. I'm gonna get to that question, bro. Trust me, so, we will get to all of that. So, JD, um, with all that being said. Um, and then, so my last, let's just, okay, backtrack here. My last point would be to rattle Carson Wentz. You got to rattle his kid. Get, get, you know, if you, if you get to him, you know, twice or three, to, you know, if you can get to him by two times by halftime, he's, I, I think you, he's one of those quarterbacks where I think you can very easily get in his head and mess his internal clock up. Yes. Yeah. I, I think you can. Just like, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks are. I mean, even mm -hmm. Tom Brady in the Super Bowl 2007, we just watched the Man in the Arena episode four. It was a great watch, by the way. Uh, one of the few things on ESPN I liked. Anyway, uh, Michael Strahan, Justin Tuck, they said when we when we tackled him, we slammed him to the ground. That really shit. I mean, man, if you have ever been slammed to the ground like that, you get the wind knocked out of you. It's not even like a matter of like, if you get hit enough, it's not even a matter of like, are you mentally tough enough? It's can you, are you like, you know what I mean? Like, is your body going to react? Can you throw? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of issues with that. So, yeah, I, I definitely think if you get to Wentz, and Wentz is a guy who's experienced a lot of injuries too. So, if you get to him, even if you hit his leg a little bit, you could do a lot of damage. Uh, you know, he's scared. He's scared of this side of the ball all of a sudden. You know, he's leading to the other side. You get the ghosts. You know what I mean? They talk about the ghosts for the quarterbacks yeah. and the pocket, yeah. the pocket ghosts. Yeah. yeah. You got to create those, and Bill is great at that. So, JD, let's, let's hop on the mass pike. And head down I-90 and head into Chicago. And let's talk Bears and Vikings. Um, once again, this is a big game for both of you guys. You're trying to both Huge. kind of stay in the hunt for playoffs. I know you got a lot to unload on the on the Bears <laughs> there. You got a lot of thoughts. So I'm just let's gonna go kind of turn point. it over to you and just just get them out, man. Get those get, get okay. your thought. What do you I want to hear what you well, got? Because this I do this have is a, a lot. divisional game. This is it, a divisional it, game, and it's a big game, man. So and I want to hear what game. you got to say. Well, I just watched both of the, them play like very closely. I was, you know what I mean? Like I watched start to finish both of those games. So I know exactly what to expect. Um, Really quick though. Yeah. Bill, Bill brought, Bill um, asked the question. Do you think Justin Fields can outplay uh, Kirk Cousins? So um, I'll just talk about that for a second. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the skill positions yet, but so like outplay Kirk Cousins. Sure. He could. It's it, talent. You know, he's definitely talented, but this is going to be a game where, again, like just like last week, we're looking at the future because the season is lost. We're not going to the Super Bowl. That's not going to happen. But who are we in this division? Because it is a division game, and the division games matter the most. You cannot lose to the Lions. Okay, we didn't lose to the Lions. We did lose to the Packers, but we kicked the crap out of them for a good three quarters. And I'm not saying it's a moral victory because it's not. We straight up lost. The defense played like garbage. They couldn't touch uh Aaron Rodgers and I'm pretty sure I said that would happen because 
we didn't have Khalil Mack. And the only guy that's ever been able to get to Aaron Rodgers in the last, like, what, eight years has been Khalil Mack. So without Khalil Mack, I don't care who you throw at him. He's not going down. Khalil Mack was the guy. Uh, even with a broken foot, Rodgers kicked the shit out of the Bears. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. But anyway, the Vikings. The Vikings showed a lot against the Steelers. They showed that they are explosive on, on offense. They also showed that they kind of are like right when they get a lead, they get way too comfortable, way too fast, especially on defense. Holy crap. They are the most undisciplined defense I've seen since probably the lions this year. So yes, Justin Fields, especially after playing the Packers defense, which I'm pretty sure is still top 10, if I'm right, or at least top it's in the top half of the league. It's good defense. After playing that defense, I don't even know where the Vikings are. They could even be good, but last week they were they were bad. They were very undisciplined. All I'm going to judge is that that game. Um, and yeah, Justin Fields could definitely play well. The pressure wasn't that great on Ben. They had so many penalty yards. The Pittsburgh Steelers did in the first two and a half quarters. They were basically like begging the Vikings to score. They're like, please, please put this in the end zone. Please, I'm going to get really mad if you don't put this in the end zone. And uh, they just would not cease like to give the, the Pittsburgh Steelers played like hot garbage last week. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Bears versus Vikings. I don't know if Mac is back. If he is, uh, I think we're going to dominate this game. Uh, if he's not, I think we'll still win. I think that it could be the game where Justin Fields is coming, the, his coming out party. Justin Fields played really, really good. He played really, really good against the Packers. I watched every throw like 10, 12 times. He played really good, man. First of all, I'm going to get to this in a second. Allen Robertson played like crap, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, what do you think of the Vikings and Bears? Let's break that one down really quick. I, I think as long as we can control Cook, that's the last thing I'm going to say. As long as we can control Cook's explosive running, we'll have a chance because Kirk Cousins is crap. But anyway, what, what do you think about that? I I'm in a, I I definitely definitely agree with you. You you have to you have to like we like we said about Carson Wentz. You kind of the same deal with kind of the same deal with Kirk Cousins. Cousins is an explosive thrower. Can he throw down the field and can he stretch the field? Absolutely. And can he throw it? Can he throw an accurate deep ball? Yep. But guess what? He's also going to try and squeeze that ball into triple coverage probably more than twice in a game. So you, you can if the Bears defense can capitalize on, on you know some of those that that Cousins has a gunslinger mentality. He's kind he kind of has the same mentality that Brett Favre had, you know, just just kind of heave it up there and you know, and and let, let you know let your receiver go get it, and that's that can be great if you can do that accurately. But I, I just. Well, I think I he think has really can... good receivers too. Like, I feel like what he's limited to is talent, don't you think? Like, when he doesn't have a good receiver, he kind of sucks. And then, like, yeah, I, I don't know. That's just how I see it. Like, and when he doesn't have a good running back, he sucks. But if he has I good just teammates, think he's one of those guys that's not afraid to take risks. And that's true. That, you know, he's one. He he's just throwing he's the ball around. One of those quarterbacks that's not afraid to take a risk. But at the same time, look, that's great because it's confidence and it shows that you know you don't have you're not afraid to throw the ball down the field. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you got to know, you got to know the limit of that, you know, like don't, don't try and thread the needle into triple, double or triple coverage. Like just throw that ball out of bounds instead of, you know, you know what I mean? He but did throw think, the game away pretty hard. 
That's what I mean. And, and, I, yeah. and I think the Bears defense can absolutely capitalize on that. So I, I agree with you on that front. Um, if you if the Bears can make the Vikings one dimensional, it's curtains. It's it's curtains for them. If, yeah, if we can make him one, yeah, if we can, if we can kind of take Cook out of it a little bit. Roquan Smith is one of the better, um, one of the better middle linebackers in the league. Uh, somebody said in the chat, um, I don't remember who it was, but somebody uh, said earlier that um, that rather, I'm just gonna read it really quick. I'll make sure I get it right. Yeah, Ben, Big Ben got sacked a lot. Yeah, but Big Ben's a statue, man. That, that's that's the way I see it. Like. He's kind of like a statue, so of course he's going to get sacked a lot. His center couldn't even snap the ball. You know what I mean? Like that was awful. So the Steelers, that was a that was a terrible game. <laughs> that was a terrible game. Like from both teams, they were both just awful. They like didn't execute the most basic things at all. Um, and, and then Chase Claypool, I we could talk about that for an hour. Probably he's a freaking idiot. Uh, he like. It's celebrated like when there was 10, like 12 seconds left. He's like, he wasted an entire down probably celebrating because he's a dumbass. Uh, <laughs> wow. That was really dumb. And it was, yeah, everyone criticized him for it deservedly. So, so let me, yeah. let me, let me, let me, let me get this from you. Right. Let me get this mm-hmm. from you. Right. So, so here's here on the offensive side of the ball. Here's what, here's what, here's what I got. And I'll, and I, and I, I want to hear like your, your kind of breakdown sure. too. And what you think. So the first and foremost is the best way to protect Justin Fields at this point is to get him out of the pocket. Roll him out. Yes. Let him let him throw on the run. Let him, you know what I mean? Roll him away from pressure. Get him, get him out of the pocket. Get him moving. Because it, the offensive line just isn't there for him to stand in a pocket and and throw. It's not there yet. So you're gonna have to find ways to if you're gonna throw, you're gonna have to find ways to throw effectively. And to me, that's throwing on the move. I would agree with that 100%. Uh, he is much better on the run. Whenever he has his legs, he can juke. You know, he he gets he gets people very uh, loose on their feet, as we saw last week against the Packers. He had probably like eight to nine missed tackles. He was incredible. Like at that, he was he's very he's very Russell Wilson like. He rolls out, he moves around, he slides, he looks for a throw, and then he decides if he wants to run or not. He's very um, very smart, very smart player. Uh, I I'm excited for him. And, and also, um, yeah, I think that's, that's the only way we can win any with, with this offensive line, we can't do, you're right. We can't do anything. So you might as well just roll them out every freaking play. <laughs> well, if you're going to throw, if you're going to throw, that's how I would, that's how I would throw is, is you got to get him because in the pocket, he just doesn't have the time to read the D at least if he's rolling out, he can watch what's happening in front of him. You know what I mean? He can see what's happening in front of him a little longer than just standing in a pocket for, you know, two seconds. Now he's got, you know, three and a half. If he rolls out, he's got three and a half. That extra, yeah. that extra, you know, three quarters of a second can can make all the, you know, can make all the difference. Um absolutely. The next no one question. I the next the next kind of point I had was going back to the Vikings, going back to the Vikings defenses. I think I think the Bears can take their shots. Take your shots down the field. Yes. With, you know, Fields has got the arm to do it, and I think the the Vikings uh, secondary is inexperienced enough where you guys can absolutely hit some of those 30, 40 yard throws with you know down the sidelines or a double move. I think it's absolutely possible that that or plausible that you guys sh- that the that the Bears should 
take their shots down the field when they when they see it when they see it's open. Absolutely, go for it. What do you think? Throw fifty times a game for all I care. This entire season is a wash. So this entire season now, I've said it a few times now that or a few times in the last like five episodes that since we kind of fell out of playoff position uh, or hopeful position basically and we kind of lost the culture which i'm going to talk about that very soon but because of that it's all about justin fields to me everything's about justin fields whatever justin fields wants to do that's what i want to do if justin fields wants to run the ball and like play do play action i want to run the ball and do play action if justin fields wants to do from shotgun i would like to do from shotgun if he wants to i want to make justin fields as comfortable in chicago as people make their franchise quarterback, because we've never had a franchise quarterback. Let's be real. We've never had a franchise quarterback since the 40s, since World War II. So we need we need to make him as comfortable as possible. And yeah, if that means throwing 30, 40 times, do it, man. Take as many shots down the field. I don't care if you throw as many interceptions. You can throw 10 like, interceptions like you tomorrow. Said, it's, it's, uh, I'm in 100% agreement with you. It's, it's At this point, it's we just need Justin Fields to progress as an NFL quarterback. That's what That's this it. season's about. All these are just practice reps. All of it for, for next season. Because next season, we're coming out hard, dude. Super Bowl for sure. Like, guaranteed. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. We're going to win the whole division. 14 and, and whatever, 3 or whatever it's going to be, dude. It's going to be killer. Justin Fields, MVP, second year. Anyway, we'll talk about that another time. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. But like, but That's you're 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 right though the, the future for like like you guys do finally now have a quarterback that has a ceiling that is that high you know like you have a franchise you have your franchise guy you just need you you need an off like first and foremost in the offseason go after an offensive line and then and then yes. go from there but so Definitely. another another point offensively that i thought i want to i want to uh i wanted to kind of get your thoughts on our um Montgomery is a playmaker dude he is a playmaker and a force on the field um I so my my next kind of note would be get him the ball in the passing game and get him into some space and let him let him you know he's a shifty guy let you know so be I, interesting so my, my like I said my my one of you know my next note would be is is get him get Montgomery involved in the passing game as well dump it off to him and let him let him let him get the yak, man. Let him get those those three, four, five yards after the catch, you know, because he can make him an all-purpose back. No, I, I'm I'm down for it, man. I want them to try everything. I want you to throw the kitchens. I want Matt Nagy to prove that he deserves this job next year. I want him to just throw the kitchen sink at people. I want them to go like 50. That's the thing. Like, I wouldn't like I'm not mad if we get into a draft. Well, that's the thing. We don't have our draft picks this year. So we might as well. That's we don't have our first round draft pick. At least we have the second round pick. I just I just uh, remember that and found that out the other. Uh, I was reminded of that. I was like disgustingly reminded of that. So yeah, dude, go all out, dude. Score fifty points. Do whatever it takes, bro. I don't care what happens. I I, I just want them to try everything. If Montgomery wants the ball more in the middle of the field or in the outside or something like that, dude, give it to him. I want the young guys, Montgomery and dude. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But, yeah, I want the young guys to be really happy. Uh, Allen Robinson, you can cut him. You can cut him after last week. Yeah, we'll get into him a cut little him. later in the show. We'll, we'll talk get about into that in a second. him a little later in the show because mm. he's going to be uh, an interesting talking point later on. Um, So the last 
the last kind of thing that I that I had written down for for um for the offensive side of the football for the for the Bears is attack, man. Go right, go. I want to see them come out, and I don't want to see Nagy be be. You know, I don't want to. I want. I don't want to see Matt Nagy and the Bears play not to lose. Go after yes. Minnesota. Minnesota's on the like. You know what I mean? Like hundred percent. You can attack that defense. There are weaknesses and mismatches all over the field for the Bears to to exploit, and they need to put their foot on the gas pedal and like like. I would come out and absolutely go right after them. Be aggressive in the play, Colin. You know, take your shots down the field and and go out. If you can get Minnesota down ten, that's quick. That's going to bode well for you guys. I 100 agree with that, and I'm glad you said that specific thing that that we need to play not to lose. Because here's here's my here's the thing. Like I truly feel this, and I'm pretty sure I texted you this at some point. Um. The first, no, the second drive for the Bears, we were down at the what 35? We're at the 35 or something like that, uh, or no, maybe the 40. We're at like the 35 or the 40, right? And this is against the Packers, the Packers, like Green Bay, you know what I mean? Like the, the rivalry 100 years, anyway. It's against the Packers, and he decides to punt. We're at our own, like, we're at their 40, and he wants to punt early in the game goose eggs i'm pretty sure we had a field goal yeah three to zero he wants to punt dude belichick belichick would have gone for it in that situation he would have gone for it against the rivalry like i guarantee it good coaches would have gone for it but Nagy really disappointed me there dude you and also here's another thing that he he was hoping to do that right to pin them deep right in the five yard line no he didn't do that he got a touchback so they had ended up only getting 20 yards. You basically gave them the ball at the 20 when you yeah, could have just net, gone for net. it. Well, that's what I mean. It's only a 20, it's like a 20 yard difference. So you might as well, Bro. you might as well at that point, you might as well go for it and give it a try. That's playing not to lose. Like you said, that's like, Oh, we'll, we'll pin them deep. We'll pin them deep, but you didn't. So it, you could, you could have gone for it. You could have gone for a 55 yard field goal or a six, no, like a 60 yard field goal. It would have been points. But he didn't go for it because he's not aggressive. Because I don't think he, I think he plays not to lose, and that's a problem, like you said. So, but that's kind of all. That's all. That's all I had on the. Do you want to add anything else? That's all. That's all I could come up with on the offensive side. Do you want to add anything else to that? Well, I definitely want to talk about the Bears' culture. Uh, the offensive side, yeah. I think. I mean, I could talk about Justin Fields for a whole let's, hour. Let's run, um, <laughs> and then I'll hand. Let's run through the D, and then yeah. I'll hand it over to you because they. All right. They, that's they, a good idea. The, the Bears do got issues, and we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit because I know you've wanted to talk like we've like you've wanted to talk about that for a while because it's it's a problem now. It's it's well, well we've been talking about it, but yeah, it's yeah, exactly. So let's let's first off let's let's go to the defense first, and then we'll get into we'll get into that uh, next. On the defensive side of the ball, the first one I think you're gonna like, and I put unleash Roquan Smith. Let him blitz. Let you know what I mean. Just just mm-hmm. let him be him. Roquan Smith has to be attached to Cook. That's it. Wherever Cook goes, Roquan goes. That's that's my to me, that's how you win. That's what Erlacher would do with Adrian Peterson. Erlacher would be like, All right, let's go. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Bro, that's what Roquan Roquan's that guy. He's our he's our Erlacher. So yeah, Roquan needs to take up that mantle, take over this game. You are not running for 200 yards. You're not even running for a hundred, bro. I'll give you 60. How about 60? 
You can take 60, and that's it. That's it. If you believe Cook to 60, put some pressure on Cousins. Pff, bro, this game's a wrap. We got this. So this game's I, a wrap. I, the funny part is, is I only had three notes on D. Unleash Roquan Smith, blitz the hell out of Kirk Cousins, and stop. <laughs> that's it. That's that's I just it. Check, Blitz check, the check. hell out of Kirk Cousins and 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 stop the run. Those are the only three things that's I great. think they would realistically need to do on the defensive side, because I think your back the back end of the Chicago D is good enough to contain to to the the back end of the Chicago D is good enough to slow down the passing game of of the the Vikings. Well, if you it, take away Justin Jefferson. Then Kirk Cousins will be effed. I mean, if you take away Jefferson, it's over. I think. Well, yeah, I guess he's I got mean. feeling, so, but I think I think Johnson. I think Johnson with help can do that. You know, you you double Jefferson. You know, if the game plan is double, this is what I would do. I would take I would take Johnson with help over the top and say, "We're taking Justin Jefferson away from you, and you're going to have to beat us with somebody else." Go. F- Go for it, Kirk. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's Kirk and Thielen. Then that's it. Go try to win the game that way. We got good linebackers, so but that's what I, that's what I mean. I yeah. think you're, I I think the back end of the Chicago D is good enough to do that. I I really do. Absolutely, and if we can get our offense going, get them playing from behind, I I don't think that Thielen will be adequate enough. So I it'll be interesting to see what Desai has for the um. For the Vikings, it'll be interesting to see what kind of game plan he has. Maybe it won't. It'll, maybe it'll be off. Maybe he won't do this spy thing. You know, I'm a Lovey Smith guy. I grew up with him for like 10, 12 years. So that's that's how I think. You know what I mean? But I don't know he what was, the size. Lovey Lovey was a defensive genius, man. He was. I love Lovey. You want to talk about a defensive? A de- see, I I, I love hope, Bill Belichick because I love defensive minded coaches. You know what I mean? Because I understood Lovey. Cha- defense wins championships. Offense might win games. But defense wins titles. Lovey, everything he did, I was like, all right, good job, Lovey. Yeah, yeah, good job. <laughs> every time Nagy does something weird, I'm just like, what are you doing, Nagy? Like every, you know, for every creative play that Nagy puts together and every, you know, nice little run game he puts together from time to time, he, he has some bad times too, a lot of them. So, yeah, I, I don't know. And also that, that, oh, not going for it. Well, let's, let's, mm. so let's dive into this, man. There's, like I had asked you probably two or three episodes ago to kind of give me like the state of the bears state of the bears. And you had, I let you, you know, you just, you, you, you unloaded all that baggage. (laughs) There was a lot of it, man. Like it was, there was a lot going on. Like, so I like, I kind of want to ask you the same question. Cause it's, it's, it's been like four weeks now or probably four episodes since we talked. And I don't, there's, there's issues, man. There's there's issues. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you and let you ha- let you kind of talk about the the culture that's you know or what the Bears are kind of dealing with right now. So it's well, there's good you, news. Bro. There's a lot of good news actually. There's a lot of good news. Like right now we're kind of a sinking ship, but on that sinking ship, how there's is a that life good raft. news that you're a sinking ship? <laughs> I'll get to it. I'll explain. It, it's not you people in Boston would never understand that that's like you guys are. You guys are just like chilling in the castle or something at this point, built by your own golden trophies. But w- over here in Chicago, you know, we have sinking ships sometimes. We have to rebuild them anyway. So we have this life raft and stuff. We got Justin Fields on the life raft. We got Jalen Johnson. We got like ten other guys on the life raft, and. uh the captain of the ship, Ted Phillips, has said, he's come out and said, I think it was like 
was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Ted Phillips has decided that after the season, this will be his final season. So Ted Phillips, instead of firing Matt Nagy, this is the biggest news the Bears have had in a long time. And it's very interesting. It's very similar to when Gar Pax finally was fired. And I don't know if it'll be of the same way. Obviously, we've had a lot of success since then, or at least this year. Anyway, um, Ted Phillips has said, okay, I'm not going to fire Matt Nagy. I'm not going to fire Ryan Pace. I'm going to fire myself. He has done the Japanese, what do you call it again? The thing where it's like, and then he's just going to kill himself. Oh, I can't hear you. The, sam uh, the oh, samurai, he fell on his sword for the team. Yes, he has decided... He has decided Ted Phillips. You know what? And you know what, Ted Phillips? I respect that. I really do. Because you know what? You had some good times. You've had some bad times in the last since pretty much since I've watched football. You've been the G well, one of them. No, I think there's one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. January doesn't matter. Ted Phillips has been around for a while. He's had good times. He's had bad times. But this is the time to say you don't need life. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, this is the time to say I failed hire someone else to evaluate the situation, decide to keep Matt Nagy, decide to keep Ryan Pace or decide to fire them because he will not do it. And this is pretty much it for him. He's, he's, he's leaving Supuku. Thank you so much. Cavs family. That seriously. Thank you. That's awesome. He has Ted Phillips has committed Supuku. He has decided to enact the Supuku. If that's how you say it, cut his stomach and kill himself because he's failed. And I, I respect it. So that's all I have to say. That's that's great news. We have a lot to work with for this next person, whoever they hire to come in, evaluate the situation. We have a nice franchise quarterback to work with for the first time ever. But uh, just the salary cap situation finally made it so Ted Phillips is like, all right, I can't handle this job. Clearly, I'm done. And I, I think that's honestly the greatest. To be honest, that's like the greatest thing that could happen right now. That is like when the Bulls fired Garpax. It's like, all right, this has failed for a really, really long time. Cut the cord. It's over. Just move on. So now the Bears are going to get a new president. They're going to decide if they, well, they're probably going to move to that new place. They probably want a new president for the new place. So it'll be very interesting what happens. Uh, what do you think of the news of Ted Phillips deciding that after the season he is done? I was actually going to bring that. I was actually going to bring that up, bring that up to you and, I kind of respect him for it. You know what I mean? I, I kind of respect him for it. You know, he's he said for continuity's sake, we're I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna break I'm not gonna break the you know the GM and the coach up just yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna take myself out of the equation and see if it see if it He failed. Yeah. Yeah, he it, it's in a way it's kind of like I kind of respect it because it's like I've I've I, I just I he admitted I can't fix it. I can't fix it. I don't know what to do. And he said, <laughs> you need to bring somebody else in that can. Yes, and, and exactly. And I and Johnny C says uh, uh, bears are facing talent versus time. They're losing on both ends, in my opinion. Bring on the lifeboats, I guess. And that's the thing. That's what that's why I say I don't even know if we can keep Khalil Mack. I know we can't keep Keem Hicks after this. I don't know if we Hicks can keep our core. One. Hicks, Hicks is the one. If I was, if I was the Chicago Bears, ha, ha, uh, Hakeem Hicks, right? That's mm -hmm. he would be the one that I would be seriously taking phone calls on and offers on. Well, he's. You, I you think he's unrestricted. A, you could get a very, very good offensive lineman for him. 
I would love that. I mean, if they could package a deal to send Mac and Hicks somewhere uh, and get like a bunch of draft picks, really rebuild the team for, for real this time, uh, that would be really great. But at the same time, I'd love to keep Khalil Mack or Keem Hicks or both of them. I just don't think that we're going to be able to afford to because somebody's going to pay them a hefty rent or somebody's going to pay Hicks a hefty ransom. Uh, well, and yeah. here's the other thing too. Roquan Smith is going to demand a boat. Uh, you want to talk about somebody that's going to, that's, that's going to be, you know, asking for the Brinks truck to get backed up for him. Roquan Smith is going to be that dude. I would rather pay Roquan Smith than Khalil Mack. And I love Khalil Mack. I literally do. I, I think he's one of the best players we've had. But at the same time, uh, Roquan Smith is younger. He's faster. He plays a more important position. And the Bears have always been known for the run-stopping defense. Khalil Mack is as great as a premium pass rusher is. That's not what we're known for necessarily. I mean, I guess we are. But Listen, versatility is everything. Roquan yeah. Smith is more versatile than Khalil Mack. Mack, does, Mack is an expert at one thing. He's so good. Khalil Mack. I'd love to keep him. Khalil Mack is an expert at one thing, rushing the passer and getting and getting home and disrupting things in the backfield, right? Yeah. Roquan Smith can do a little bit of everything. Can he rush the passer as good as Khalil? No. But can he do it successfully? Yep. Can he cover? Mm -hmm. Yep. Can he can he run sideline to sideline and stretch plays out? Is he athletic enough to do that? Yep. Chad Greenway. A better Chad Greenway is what Roquan Smith reminds me of right now. A uh, more athletic Chad Greenway, and I, I and when I say that, it's like Jared Allen is the is the Khalil Mack. And you look at when the Vikings got rid of Jared Allen, they made a playoff run. So it's like you look at all those things. It's like you need certain things, and certain things are a luxury. And that's and that's kind of where we're at with the Bears. I would love if we could cut a lot of other people, like literally just strip the roster down and keep Mac and Smith. That'd be really nice. And the, all the young guys, that would be the ideal situation. That way you could continue to sign people and you get some draft picks back. Um, I think Hicks is like 99% gone and it's, it's sad, but he definitely is somebody we need to move on from. We have a lot of defensive tackles and he's going to ask for a lot of money. There's no reason to really do that. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's the defense. It's sad to see him go, but they never really panned out the way that that Ryan Pace intended. He signed all these guys, even Robert Quinn. Like he was, he's really good. He's a really, really good player. But all of them just never really completely panned out. Uh, they never really became a dominant defense uh, like they wanted. Trevathia never became a dominant uh, linebacker, and now you just kind of have a few good pieces that you need to work with. Um, the life raft or the lifeboats, bring on the lifeboats. Johnny C says, <laughs> yeah, bring them on, bring in the, the ones that matter and junk the rest of them. I think the rebuild is coming though. I think a real true, like there's about, there's about four to six guys that I think are going to be your young core of the team. Well, you know, I'm talking like, you know, I mean, like the true there's like eight guys in total that are going to be the young core of that team. And outside of that, it's outside of those eight. They should be taking phone calls on everyone. I agree. Uh, like, for instance, I, I think that the fact that you paid Nick Foles nine million dollars this year, and you Huge. didn't get any more. Imagine nine million dollars at the trade deadline, what they could do. It's just you know it's I mean? crazy, man. It's it's crazy dude, to me. Dude, you could get a you That's could crazy. get a you could get a high to mid level 
offensive lineman for that. You know what I mean? You and also, a mid, a mid, you could get a mid-ranged offensive lineman for that for nine million, at least for one it's season. It's unreal. They they really mishandled it, and that's why Ted Phillips just decided, you know, su- yeah. su- whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. The to Japanese just, just to just take himself yeah. out of the out of the. I respect it though. I do. I do. It's the best thing that you could do in that situation. The last thing I want to talk about with the Bears, though, have to I have to talk about. It. I have to bring it up. Go for it, Allen Robinson, dude. Oh, this is yes. You had you had texted this me and to me in the script notes. I want to hear about this. What's what's the deal with him? So there was a play where Justin Fields rolled out, and Allen Robinson was kind of open, but Justin Fields didn't want to throw it. He wanted to run, and instead of blocking, Allen Robinson just keeps running nonchalantly, just kind of rolls his eyes in his head like a b word, bro, like a true b word. I don't want to just drop language and stuff but man he was the in Cavs family family I could never forget about Brian Urlacher but Allen Robinson needs to get cut he makes too much money and he is bad for the culture if other receivers see that that is that's toxic you have to cut him right now he is nothing to us there's no reason to have him give him to the Patriots right now for a draft pick right now Give him to the Patriot. We'll take a third round pick from you. <laughs> fourth, fourth round pick. I don't give a shit. Take him. We don't need this shit. You know what he'll do with the Patriots? Hey, Bill, how, what can I do for you? Because he's a freaking little yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty much. Bitch. And that's that's how receivers are. They're divas, man. So he'll get to Bill. He'll kiss his ass, or he'll get to Tom, and he'll kiss his ass, or somebody else. And and I bet oh somebody my would pick god, him up, though. I really, if you guys cut him, you I don't somebody block would pick him up. for the rookie. You don't block for the rookie quarterback. You're cut. Yeah, yeah. You're cut. Yeah, you're cut. He almost that, got his head torn off. Show, that goes to show that he's out for himself. Not he's not, he's out for himself, not the team. Exactly. Like who even wants that? Honestly, that's toxic. I, in my opinion, I wouldn't touch that if I was Bill Belichick. Like that's the thing. You see that? It's like how how can I even trade you now? You're a little mm, man. That yeah, made me yeah. mad. That's that's a, that's a cop out. Like you can't do that. Like you know, you got to block for the dude. If <laughs> You're running, right, Cavs family. If he's <sighs> if he's running, you gotta you gotta block for it. I'm trying really hard, Cavs family, to not curse, what, but I'm B- bad at it. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should just drop the B word. It doesn't matter. Or or not drop any. I think you get better. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, uh, yeah, we're getting pretty far down the rabbit hole here. Bears need to go back that can run their offense and coach that so, can see it through. Yeah, it sucks. So you got you got anything else? No, that's it. We need a total change of culture. The ship is sinking. Uh we, you got all the metaphors. Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah. no no lifeboat. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, you have your core. You have your your core eight to ten. You probably have eight guys on that team that are going to be the young leadership in the yes. lo- in the locker room. Darnell Mooney, Jalen Johnson, hopefully Eddie Jackson. He's kind of a roller coaster. I think Jackson is is getting better. It's just Broke definitely one. not as good as um as uh, Johnson. It's not as fast as Johnson was. And I'd like to keep Mac too. If we can just keep Mac, and that's our only guy that we pay, and just cut the rest of everybody that's making over five million dollars, just get him off yeah. the roster, especially Allen Robinson, because yes. you guys will be able to find offensive and defensive linemen in this year's draft because it's wicked heavy in in both. I really hope so. Yeah, we we can't afford a key mix. It's just it is what it is. We're not going to pay him. Sorry. So let's let's uh let's stay in Chicago. But we're going to change pace here, and we're going to change sports. So we're going to talk about the balls next. 
They are currently sitting in second place in the conference with a 17 and 10 record. Not bad. Um, first of all, what are your thoughts on that? Sitting in second place in the conference right now. I would say it's nice. It is very good. We've, we, I think that the culture of the Bulls now is we're going to win games. We're going to win a lot of games, and we're going to continuously win games, and there's a lot of chemistry there. But I worry about down the stretch. I worry about elite talent. I worry about a Giannis, an Embiid, a Trey Young. I worry about that stuff. I want to see what I'm what I'm waiting to see and what I'm excited for, what I'm really excited for, actually, what I'm ecstatic for is the Bulls in the playoffs. I want to see Lonzo Ball against Trey Young. I want to see how we can guard him. That's what I'm excited for. So I would love – I hope this isn't just a, a flash. You know what I mean? That's that's. I, I, want to, I want to see a consistent – it looks consistent. It looks sustainable. See, that is was it? my next question to you would be, this Let's is great right now. Can they sustain this this level of play though? That they're because they're playing really good, man. This is for for mm-hmm. Bulls fans. I can only like the hype. The hype for the Bulls for Bulls fans. It must be pretty high because they haven't seen a team play together like this in a long time. Well, Vucevic alone, Vucevic alone, he took the magic with very little talent to the playoffs, seventh seed. So uh, if I remember right, seventh or eighth, one of those two, he took it to a, a high seed and he's a young guy. He's only like 27, 28. Um, Wait, he's in the prime. Yeah. Vucevic. The center. He's yeah, 31, Vucevic. dude. Oh, he is older than I thought. Okay. Maybe that was a few years I ago. Got a, I got a question. I got to talk to you about him a little early, a little mm-hmm. later on in this too. I got a question. I got a few questions on him. He's not that young, <laughs> but yeah. So, there, so do you is think it sustainable? It's sustainable? I think so. Well, the reason why, yeah, the reason I brought up Vucevic is because the fact that he alone brought a team to the playoffs and he's sacrificing stats and shots and time with the ball for others is a really, really good thing. Because in basketball, it's always good to when you reduce your talent, Kevin Love, when you reduce your talent, Chris Bosch, when you reduce your talent, Ray Allen in some cases, when you reduce your talent, Shane Battier, rather than when you're just like sitting there uh, hogging the ball like Russell Westbrook and, and uh, Harden and uh, and stuff like that. When you uh, Chris Paul is a very good example of, hey, I don't need to score that much. You score, you're wide open, you're, you're, firing, you're on fire. So you only draw the defenders when you need to get yourself dangerous and then get others involved. The fact that Vucevic has taken less and they're doing more is a very good sign. That's why I think it could be sustainable, and not to mention the incredible talent on the wings. The wings talent and the guard talent, I mean, forget about it. It's as good as anybody. I want to know what that shows me that the Bulls, that, that you want to know what the number one thing that that shows me about Chicago? Um, They're buying in. They, they, they have oh, bought yeah. in. They have bought into the system. They are buying into the unselfish play. And that's with you when you put talent like that together and you put an attitude like that together, that's going to be a hard team to beat in the playoffs because they're not they're because they're playing for each other and not for their own stats. Absolutely. When you play to win, then you just let the stats fall as they come. And the fact that uh well, I'll talk about that in a second, but the fact that everyone is buying in, 
the fact that everybody is buying in, they don't care about stats. Sometimes Lonzo can drop 30. Sometimes Levine can drop 30. Sometimes Rosen and other people can drop 30. It doesn't matter who drops 30. All that matters is you win the game. And I think that down the stretch, I there is going to be a time when superstar power matters. I want to see who steps up in that moment. I want to see who wants the ball. Is it Levine? Is it Ball? Is it both of them? I would love to see that moment, basically. No, definitely. Who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna step up in that big moment and make a shot? Well, late season, make a shot yeah. when it counts. Yep. Yep. Big times. And ball has done it twice already. I think he has two game winning shots. So maybe it is Lonzo Ball. Maybe he's our guy. I don't know, but th- there's gonna be one guy that's gonna step up, and they have a lot of really good guys that could. So it's exciting. Very so exciting. you had mentioned Nick uh, Vucevic. Let's let's mm-hmm. kind of just take a second and talk, talk about, about him. him. Yeah, the stability that he has that he has created under the rim, and like you said, not only just you know, not only playing his game, being under the rim and giving the ball second chances, and you know, being that hard to move guy un- under the rim, and you know, the rim protector at the same time as well. Um. He's also 31 years old, man. It's I didn't realize so, that. I mean, I would say at News. most you're probably going to get three, maybe two to three more seasons of good, you know, let's call it three, right? Let's say he plays like this for three more seasons. Well, um, Pau Gasol was productive until about 37. Was he? So, so that, that's my other question. Is my, my, six years? my other question would be is, is the 31, do you think that's old? For him, or do you think he he could sustain that for a couple? Uh, you know, a well, what's exciting year. is I could see him taking less money. I could see him taking less money because here's the thing: if you are the third option on your team, people probably, and you're 35, people probably won't pay you that much money. So the Bulls down the stretch, once his contract runs out, we could probably renew him for half of what he costs right now. So that's exciting. That's an exciting prospect to have a guy buy in to a culture create a culture around like a him and a, a couple other guys, give the other guys the money because they're more talented and they're younger and they're going to be around longer. And they're going to sustain longer and they're going to do more um, and just take a little bit less money, a little bit more than what you can make in Europe. Give them like maybe 11 million, 12 million, 15, something like that. Well, there's going to be a new money CBA. So even 20 might be a reasonable, but regardless you look at that and it's like, if you have that guy and he buys in and he loves the team, he could stick around for cheap. I mean, I, I could see that happening for sure. So I, I, I like him. I think he's a good piece. Definitely, sure. definitely, definitely. No, even if he's old. It, and <laughs> you want to know what I think a massive factor in the in the, the Vucevic thing is going to be when when it comes to like re upping his contract. Hmm. If they're winning, he's going to want to yeah, stay. Exactly. If they're winning a lot and they're a consistent playoff team, he's going to want to stay. Do you think he's going to want to go to another crap bag team like the Magic again? No, he's going to want to stay in Chicago if they're if they're winning and winning regularly and making regular playoff appearances and making deep playoff runs. He's going to want to stay for that discounted, you know, for that discounted rate, and he won't mind doing it either. Yeah, and and, and if if he another thing to factor in with that is that if he's not being relied upon, like you said, if he doesn't want to go to a crap bag team, if he's not being relied upon as the number one option all the time, his 
career could extend longer. He could he could age like Tim Duncan. He could be a 39-year-old at this point. So our 39-year-old productive player. Like who knows what we could do in the next uh uh the next couple of um years. But it's very exciting um for Vucevic. I'm excited to have him on board with this huge court. It's like five guys that we can keep on. It's exciting. And I think the, just to go back to like the whole buy-in, it's a team-wide thing. They, the whole team has bought in, and I think that's a massive reason why why the success, why they've they've been able to make that jump to be, you know, like it's just the buy-in factor. It's 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 there. Absolutely. If if you don't buy in to the culture, then your team's just going to be in a tailspin the whole time. So, yeah. I'm glad so the Bulls have, have a culture. I have two more um, kind of little snippets that I want to get your your thoughts on here. So DeRose, DeMar DeRozan, we talked about him a while back and just the the career re, re, resurgence that he's had. And, like, man, did he get new life breathed back into him. <laughs> um, he's – dude, he's averaging 20, 26, 6, and 5 on the season – I, I want to ask you one question now. Does that put him in the running for MVP? I, I maybe the top ten. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say top five or anything like that. Uh, shoot, I'd put Lonzo Ball a little bit higher than him. Maybe even Zach Levine. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the PER and everything, all the breakdown, the statistics. Because honestly, they just throw the ball around. They don't care who scores. So it's hard to see who really is the most valuable player of that team. But it is usually best player, best team, depending on all that stuff. Uh, and like when Steph Curry, they didn't consider that Clay Thompson was playing really, really well that year when they gave it to him unanimously. So yeah, you would have to look at who is the engine, who's the driving force of the winning. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, I think that he's incredibly talented. I think that he has a lot to offer, and he is something that honestly no other team really has a mid range specialist at, of his caliber. He might be the best in the game. Lonzo Ball seems to think he is, and he gets him open a lot, and his stats reflect how great he, <laughs> I mean, how great he is. And honestly, what I would really look for, most improved player award, because he's really, I mean, he's he's come a long way. He kind of fell off a little bit for a while with the three-point game. And uh, when once it evolved and he went to, uh, well, he kind of had a couple down years, injured years, Toronto, then he went to the Spurs. He had a few decent uh, games, but ultimately he really wasn't as good as he is with the Bulls. Now he's very consistent and it's very sustainable, very sustainable. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's in the conversation. I, I want to see how it all shakes out 50 games in though. Um, he definitely, he's in the conversation for right now. He's uh, he, dude, he's, uh, I've just been in shock at the, like just the career resurgence. He's had like people thought he was dead and buried and, and gone like he was done for you know like yeah but i mean just it's amazing what sometimes a, just a change of scenery can do for for a guy just just to have a clean slate and to kind of rebuild your reputation because to me bulls fans probably love the dude he's he's played phenomenal for you guys oh he's a monster he, he's he, he's great and i love having i mean you got levine who's a, a true analytical uh, score like an inside out shoot a three. I mean, he can really do anything, but he, he's a really shoot a three aims for the threes and aims for the dunks. And then you got DeRozan who can just dominate the the interior of the or except the the fifteen feet rather is what I should say the paint yeah. 
but but outside the paint as well. He's such a great mid-range player. So uh, we have it all, man. We have it all in Chicago. It's great. We have it all. No, no doubt, man. It's it's like I said, the Bulls. Me and you had talked about it very early on in this in this in the early episodes that the Bulls were gonna. We thought that they had the 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 capability to to really surprise people with how they were gonna come out and play, and it, dude, it started off really well, and it's they're they're sustaining it. Um, my last thing I want to, I I read I heard and read this. Um, and I just wanted to point it out to you. Um, Billy Donovan, the coach of your beloved balls there, <laughs> said in an interview, um, they asked him about analytics. They asked him a question about, about using analytics um, and how they're integrated into the game today. And his answer, I think, was perfect. because And it's the way it should. His answer, he answered it perfectly. And his answer was, I view analytics as a guide, but not the Bible. And that basically means you, you, you know, he uses them, but they're, you know, he's not going to, he's not afraid to use the eyeball test. If somebody is hot, he's going to, you know what I mean? They're they're They get the ball. He like, and I think that was a perfect answer to that question. It's what you hope that all coaches, um, it's what you hope all coaches see it as. Uh, in my opinion, it's a very good way to look at it because you don't want DeMar DeRozan shooting the three-point shot instead of a mid-range shot because that's not his strength. You don't want um, most people shooting threes. You want some people shooting threes. You want the people who can shoot threes to shoot threes. That's kind of where the analytics and the um, everything comes comes into play it's like yeah ideally you would just dunk it and shoot threes ideally but <laughs> now you, you get a basket where you can get a basket michael jordan got a basket all types of ways and i don't think michael jordan looked in the analytic sheet he just got a basket <laughs> it's basketball um uh, johnny says uh he, he he's basically saying that the the bulls are overachieving essentially is what he's saying that's the fear <laughs> that's the fear johnny <laughs> I don't know if they're overachieving though, because it's it's shown so far that it's see if they were overachieving, I think by this point in the season it would have fallen apart already. We would have we would have we would have seen cracks in the in the you know in the foundation, and mm-hmm. I at least not yet. I haven't I haven't seen that. I think they're I, I think they're good enough to make a very they put it this way. They're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Whoever has to play them first, that is going to be a tough out. Their strength is their depth. I think that's um, I think that's the exciting thing about the the Bulls. They don't rely. They don't just get hot and rely on a few guys to score. They have a lot of guys who can score. That's what makes me think they could be sustainable. But he, I mean, what if people get inconsistent? I mean, that is something that I don't want to jinx them. You know, knock on wood. Hopefully, they kind of. If they do get inconsistent, then kind of redial it, you know, redial it up. But that's kind of part of basketball. You're going to have hot streaks. You're going to have cold streaks. Hopefully, we've developed a culture where we can win 50 games. That's the that's the idea. If you can win 50 games, you've proven you're a damn good team. Yeah. And people got to mess with that's, you. 
the fi- I I one hundred percent agree with you. The fifty game, if you can win fifty games in the season, that's a that's a pretty good basketball team. Then I'll truly believe that the Bulls are if they can win like at least forty eight to fifty games this year. I I believe I will believe in them. And honestly, if you want to sustain the top three seeds, you have to win over fifty games. Mm-hmm. So, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I'm just I hope that the the only thing I said it before. Hope the superstar talent doesn't come back to bite them. Hopefully, one of these guys can step up and be our superstar. So let's stay with basketball, JD, and let's let's talk about uh my beloved Boston Celtics. Let's head back, <laughs> head back east to the coast and back into Boston and uh and talk about the the Celtics. Um so the Seas have been floundering right around 500 this year. They're up and down, they haven't really been able to uh they haven't really been able to to get a lot of they haven't been able to stack a lot of you know big win streaks up and, and right. really kind of break out. I think there's a lot of internal to- turmoil going on that they're kind of hiding. You know, they're they say in they say all the right things to the media that they don't, you know, that they all love each other and all this and that. But from just watching the games, here's the major difference that I can tell from my team to your team. Your team is unselfish and they don't care who shoots the basketball. My team is a collection of individuals playing for their own stats, not a team. You stole my take. <laughs> no, but uh I mean that's that's exactly right. Uh they they're more they need they need someone to reel them in. You know what I mean? They need someone to take the reins and be the leader versus being the superstar. You need to not worry about being the superstar. You need not worry about your stats. You need someone, you need a voice. That's what they need right now. I feel like ever since Horford got that big paycheck, he also doesn't really care what happens. Uh, there was some real passion with them when they, when they took LeBron game seven in the Eastern conference finals, that was a passionate squad. I don't know if it was Terry Rozier <laughs> off the bench. I don't know who was the leader in that in that room. Was it Isaiah Thomas? I'm not sure. But the leadership seems to be gone. And as talented as they are, because they are talented, I don't know exactly what they are. I don't know who they are. Are they a three-point shooting team? Are they a finesse team? Are they a tough team? Are they what are they? What are the Celtics? They're the they're Jason Tatum and Jason Jalen Brown's team with a couple other good guys. That's all I know. I don't know who the Celtics are. The Bulls are a fast team. They don't give a crap who scores. They're unselfish. I don't know who the Celtics are. And I think that's a big part of their problem too. If Now, if if you want the so here's my personal opinion on, I, I already said that they're, to me, it's not a team. It's just a group of individuals playing for each other's stats. That's, that's part of it. And the the you know, and then you could add part of it being um, they they just there's there's no there's no chemistry there's no buy in there like there's no there's no buy into the system uh, it, like they just need they I don't know they if they like each other up. they need something somebody needs to send a message to these guys that that it's they need to trade. And I, uh, yeah, they need a big trade. And I, and I think it, to me, it started a while back, man, when Danny Ainge had all those picks stacked up, he, all those picks a couple of years ago, you know, more than, more than a couple of years ago, he accrued all those picks 
And instead of packaging players and picks that we had at the current time to get, let's be honest, JD, right? This is a super, the NBA is a superstar driven league. If you don't have two stars on your team, two, two studs, you're not winning a title. You're just not, your your talent is not going to be good enough to win a title. This is a superstar driven league. And they just, instead of doing what they had to do to possibly form another big three or a two, you know, two legitimate studs on the team, they couldn't. They they picked. They used all the picks and just picked. Yeah, and they didn't. I don't know if they picked correctly because they they don't seem to have the the chemistry. You know what they're missing. You know who would have been really good. And I and I know it's. I'm always bringing up Chicago stuff. But Lonzo Ball, he would have been perfect with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. He would have been the engine. Like those just guys, feed just feeding them the basketball all been, the oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it would have been amazing. It's too late. It's we got him. <laughs> so who else do they even have? What point guard could come in? I think I said Rajon Rondo. That's all I can think of. Who else? So I don't know. I don't know what their identity is. So I have one more Celtics thing from you. There's not too much mm-hmm. Celtics news, but I have one more Celtics thing here. I have two trades that I <laughs> two possible trades from fansided.com that I want to get your your thoughts on mm. whether or not you would, you would. You would pull a trigger on Ooh, him or not. Okay. I like right. this. I like this. So the Celtics okay. get from the Portland Trailblazers, Robert Covington, Yusuf Nur- Nurkic, and Norman Powell. They give up Marcus Smart, Al Horford, a 2023 protected lottery pick, and a one and another pick. Okay, so two picks, two picks, two and big picks. Marcus Smart and Marcus Smart and Al Horford. Well, if they did that, I'm thinking about it from the Portland Trailblazers perspective right now. Marcus Smart brings absolutely nothing to me, and neither does Al Horford. Uh, the Damian Lillard needs Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. He needs one of those two guys, or he needs to go to the Celtics. And I think if you could get, if you could trade Smart and uh, Horford and a few picks for Lillard, I mean, give him as many picks as you freaking want. That could give you an identity. If you had Tatum and you can put Williams down there, and maybe Nurkic and, and, and Dame. Nurkic and Dame for Horford and a bunch of picks or whatever, or whoever you want to throw in the smart too, just some picks or whatever. Basically they're offloading him. So the Blazers could kind of unload. They'll probably trade McCollum too. They'll unload. They'll have a completely different roster, just like the, the Rockets are doing right now, kind of pull a Rockets. And that would give the Celtics an identity. That's I, I feel like, yeah, what would it take to get Dame? Birdman's asking that question. See, that's the thing, man. What would it, it take it would to get take, Dame? It would take a lot. You're probably that's my talking question. you're probably talking two players, two players and two picks. And one of those picks and one of those picks is gonna have to be very high. Romeo Langford and then a bunch of picks, and then whoever you want to throw in there. That'd be I'd do that trade. Bunch of so, picks, Romeo Langford. Yeah. But see, they the Langford's upside to me. Has I want to I want to see him for one more year here and see how he does. Hey, do you want Dame or not? I'm just, I'm just I mean, joking. I would take if if that's what it came to. If if you're if the, if Portland said if Portland said we want 
we want Langford for in this package for <laughs> Lillard. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just playing so, sorry, Portland. Sorry, sorry, but you're uh, you're off to Portland there, big guy. Yeah, one heartbeat. less draft pick. That's what I'd say. I'd be like, all right, well, one less draft pick, then only two this time. <laughs> oh, there you go. But so here's I'll the next it, one. So this is these are from fansided.com, guys. This okay. is where I'm getting this. These one. are some proposed trades from them um that the Celtics could could possibly pull the trigger on. So the Celtics get from the Toronto Raptors Gary Trent Jr., Goran Dragic, and Chris Boucher. And they give up Marcus Smart and Al Horford. I kind of like that one, to be honest. I kind of like that one. That's a good. That's a good trade. That's a good trade. That's them. a good trade. That gives. That gives. Uh, oh wow! That gives um, the Heat. That gives them a lot of um, depth at at guard at defensive because Goran's a little bit slower in his old age. That's good. Yeah, I like his, that trade. Here's the thing. Drogic's, they could use Drogic's smart. court vision is phenomenal. He'd be good with the Celtics, too. So he'd be the guard that they need. That's a good trade for both teams. I like that. I like that. So I would do I that would trade do for this, both teams. I would do this one with the Raptors. Not the I wouldn't. I don't know about the one. Um, unless Portland is offering Dame for something, that's the only reason I would. But like this one with the Raptors makes a lot of sense. It would make a lot of sense because they need guard. You know, the Celtics would get guard depth, and they would get a guy in. They would get a guy in Drogic that that has excellent court vision to help feed Brown and Tatum. Uh, I, I, yeah, like I, I think that's a, that's or, yeah, a they, very good smart trade for them. They, they definitely could use Drogic for sure. The Celtics with, yeah, that would be good for them. I, I think Drogic could be exactly what they need. Just set up the play. That's it. All right, so let's. Let's get into so these are just going to be some rapid fire random random uh thoughts here from us. Uh we're going to just kind of rapid fire them down. We'll give you maybe a couple minutes on each. And then we will pick our winner. So stay oh, okay. tuned. Oh, that's right. Stay that's tuned, right. We need to pick member the winner. gang for that. Forgot about that for a second. Wow. So oh yeah. Stay tuned member gang. Stay tuned guys. If you're a member, you better stay tuned. If you are a member, you want to be here. And if if the members aren't here, you better go find them on other people's streams and tell them to get here. Yeah, you better better pay attention right now. All right, so let's go rapid fire here, J.D., on these these topics. So here we go. Their first one. Birdman, are you a member? I don't think Birdman's a member. Is Birdman a member? Anyways, all right. Back at it. So, there's a realistic chance here, JD, um, that we we could see, like, a, and I mean, like, realistic chance that Tom and Bill could fight it out for the Lombardi. With the way the Patriots are playing right now, to me... There's one team that stands in their way, and it's their old buddies, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the only team that could legitimately slow this team down and, and get that. in their way of getting to the Super Bowl. If they beat the Chiefs, um, if they beat the Chiefs, uh, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna do it. If they can beat Kansas City, I think they're 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 gonna win. I think if if the Patriots beat Kansas City, they're gonna win the Super Bowl. I'm going to say that right now. I, um, there's a realistic chance, though, that we could see both of those guys. 
My question to you is, lots of legacy on the line in that game. <laughs> lots of legacy. Oh, man. So let's take this up a notch, right? Mm-hmm. Are Bill Belichick and Tom Brady the best when they were together those 20 seasons? Are they the best coach-player duo, not only in football, but in sports? Let's thank you. The only thing, the only one, the only one that even comes close is right there. That's it. Yeah, Jordan and Jordan and uh Phil. That's the only one. But I would give it, I'm gonna give it to to you guys. I'm gonna give it to Bill and I'm gonna give it to Tom. And the reason why I'm gonna give it to Bill and to Tom is because they did it for 20 years, and football is a lot harder to win Super Bowls. Like like superstar athletes in basketball, they have five, six, ten titles sometimes. Only one person has more than four titles, and that's Tom Brady, and that's Bill Belichick. And and they just are so much more accomplished than everyone else in their sport that you have to give it to them. You have to give it to them. They're the best. They've done it. And I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm definitely – it's the most astonishing thing about the 20 seasons that Bill and Tom were together – is the level of consistency that they had. How many 12, 13, 14 win seasons did did they have? It's, it's astonishing. The question it, the is how many of, didn't they have? The how many level didn't of they have? success that they had together is astonishing. It's an, it's it's unprecedented in any sport. Like I like I sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you but I, I was going to say that what the, the the bigger question is what is the level of success or rather, excuse me, what what seasons didn't they have more than twelve wins? Like two out of I think out of twenty it was four. So they were sixteen seasons. I think they had more than twelve wins. And what did they have? Eleven? <laughs> no, they went uh, eleven and five, and nine and eleven really? and five, and then nine and six. I think. Well, just the fact that only only or nine only like twenty percent of the game. Uh, no, no, nine and six. Yeah, nine and six. It's amazing. And, and 11 and five. And then they had two other seasons where they were hurt. But yeah, uh, 16 out of the last 20 seasons, they've had 12 plus wins. It, it, it's, it's amazing. It, it, there's nothing like it. There has been nothing like it. I don't know if there ever will be anything like it. You can only hope to witness something like that for two straight decades, just dominance. And they're still dominating going into the third yeah. decade of both of them are. Tom could play till 50, Bill could coach till 75. He could. So, it's interesting. It's all man. in how they look at it too. Like we yeah. could still see them for quite a few seasons. They could have a twenty-five year run together, and they can meet in the Super Bowl a few more times. So let's, wouldn't that be let's, nuts? <laughs> let's talk about another really good quarterback, and these like really good quarterback. Um, Aaron Rodgers kind of pulled a lot of the wool Ooh. over a lot of people's eyes this you know coming into this season because he was. Dude, there was a lot of people out there, including like including like high level, you know, high level NFL reporters that fully believe um, uh, that fully believe that he was out of Green Bay. He was out of there. He was leaving. He was done. Um, If they don't win a title this year, is is he is he really is he realistically leaving or would he ever leave Green Bay? You just said it. You literally just you just like hit the nail on the head right there you you hammered it right down if they do not win a super bowl 
he's gone. If that's what I believe. And, and I'll tell you why I believe it. Because I was watching the Pat McAfee show last two. So yesterday, I was watching it yesterday. And Aaron Rodgers, it's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. A lot of people know that if they watch the Pat McAfee show. Aaron Rodgers was asked point blank right after, right, like closing the, I believe it was towards the end of the interview. AJ Hawk goes, So after the season, you guys don't win. You're going to the Steelers, right? He goes, No comment. That's literally was his face. It was, it was stunned disbelief that AJ Hawk would ask him in front of 45,000 people live. And then he just said, No comment because he's not going to say no because if he, does decide to go to the Steelers. The Steelers should literally back every Brinks truck in the city up to that dude's oh, yeah. back backyard and be like, what is it going to take you take to get you to Pittsburgh? Well, if Aaron Rodgers and honestly, Pittsburgh is perfect. If Aaron Rodgers wants to be remembered, like, like Peyton Manning's remembered, like Tom Brady's remembered, he has to go do one thing. That's, that's incredible. So even another thing too, is if, if he did win the Super Bowl, what if he actually left anyway? What if he still went to the Pittsburgh? And here's why. Let me tell you another reason. So they win the Super Bowl and then he just cashes out at the end and leaves. It's been real. It's been real, Green Bay. I, I could see that too. I could see that too. He, he, because he loves the fan base. He loves the fan base. I could see all of this as being a possibility. The reason why too, I thought about it is because he loves. He likes Mike Tomlin. Another reason is because Pittsburgh has a very unique opportunity to be the greatest franchise of all time right because the patriots have six super bowls the the steelers have i think five six. or they have six they're tied six, yeah they're tied that's even better that's even yeah. better than what i was thinking oh they're even it's even better so he can go over there win a super bowl for pittsburgh with their talented uh team they could kind of reload a little bit and Boom! Like they are in the Super Bowl hunt with Aaron freaking Rodgers and all these decent receivers, man. And then he wins the seventh Super Bowl with them. That's that's interesting. How old is Aaron Rodgers? He's thirty eight, but he's playing like he's he's playing pretty good. So I don't think he's done anytime soon, man. I think he's aging pretty slowly. I used to so, think he was slowly aging, but I don't know. No, you know, I, I, dude. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of different scenarios that are gonna. I, I personally think if he does leave, it's going to take a massive amount of money, like massive. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. You're going to have to drop an offer on in front of him that he literally cannot say no to. Well, if, and if he leaves the Packers this year, which the Packers could just get rid of him too, they don't owe him any more money or dead cap money, right? Yeah. It's all just kind of base salary money at this point. So he could just go sign to somebody else. He could just leave. He could just say, all right, guys, thanks. You can cut me. And then, or he'll trade him or something. I don't know. Something similar like that. I could totally see that happening. Um, I think the Packers really don't want it to happen, though, especially after they watch Jordan Love play badly. So I don't know. Jordan Love is not the answer. They're going to be in quarterback purgatory if he leaves. I hope it happens. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers in the Steelers uniform. I'd love to see it because (laughs) it would create absolute chaos in the NFL. It would be cool. I mean, he would dominate that. Division. Who's a better quarterback oh, in the division? Would, dude, the Pittsburgh Steelers would instantly be instantly be put at the top of that division. Instantly. Easily. Easily. They're the only ones that could even compete are the Ravens, and I don't think they're consistent enough. I think Rodgers would shit on them. So yeah. no, yeah. they would they would instantly own that division. I I'd love to see it, bro. <laughs> I'd love to see it. So 
my final my final uh little random uh random sports uh topic here mm-hmm. was probably about what is about probably one of the best basketball players of our generation that we've ever got to see. Steph Curry breaks the three point record. Ray Allen in did the it. house to congratulate him. He did it. Um he's dude. I haven't seen somebody with a shot like that in a long time. Like he's he he's hitting these threes from like thirty five feet now. He he's he's the best he's the best shooter of all time. He's the best shooter of all time. Uh, he's he, done dude, it. Have you the seen longest. where he's taking his three pointers now? Yeah, they're from like thirty five feet. It's all the time. It is ridiculous. The game against the 76ers that I watched last night or not two nights ago, man, that was something. It was literally like his because they were talking and the announcers were like, all right, he only needs 10 more threes to break the record. That'll be something if he really gets it or something like that. And uh, man, Thibel and Drummond all over this guy. Curry had to pass it every single time. They were like hugging him, dude, straight up hugging him. So the NFL, I don't think, or excuse me, the NFL, the NBA. I don't think the NBA has ever respected a scorer more than they've respected uh, Stephen Curry. They've you, never you respected had said a scorer. Something crazy to me that never. They're, what there? You said you had said something to me, some crazy like something crazy like they are. They're pressing him before he gets to half court. They did the other. They did like a lot, two weeks ago. They've they were like, all right, go get him, double team him before he gets to half court. Literally, like he's nine feet from half court. He's like fifty-five feet away from the basket, and they're like, "Double him, dude!" They are—it's insane. He has taken the game of basketball to a completely different level, and now people can just hope to achieve that level. Uh, Charles Barkley said that once he breaks this record and finishes career out, because he has five hundred games ahead of Ray Allen, five hundred games ahead of where Ray Allen was, so he has five hundred games to go before he even gets to Ray Allen's age or his time in the game. It's amazing. Uh, he said that he'll that'll never be broken. I think the only one that we know of that could break it is is Trey Young, and uh, pff, I don't even know. I don't even know, man. I don't see. Trey, I don't Trey's, know. Trey's good, but Steph is an Steph is an elite. When it comes to like elite shooting, we're probably never going to see a dude that can shoot like him. He efficiency. He's just he's phenomenal, dude. He's phenomenal. And he's he's great. You want to talk about like putting on a show that when he shoot that dude puts on a show and it's just a footwork clinic. He's he's just he's just better. Like he is leaps and bounds better than any like than any shooter on the court in, in, in any game he plays in. You know what's you know what's amazing too is it's not as sexy, but uh, two weeks into the season or something like that, uh, Curry beat. Steve Nash's free throw record. So Curry holds like some of the all-time free throw record, like not not the most free throws made, but he has the highest percentage through a certain amount of time that anyone's ever had in the history of the game. And Steve Nash commented on it and stuff. He's like, "Is anyone surprised?" <laughs> and stuff. It's like he beat it by like a, a one and a half percent. Curry is so much better than everyone else at shooting. It's not even close. Yeah, every other human being that's ever existed, we're, he's we're- better. Me and you have talked about it in nauseam off camera too. Mm-hmm. The the 
he is a special shooter, dude. It's it, it's there's he's just a special shooter. His brother is a really really good NBA player, and he's not even half as good as Steph. Yeah. Seth is is a really good player. Like you, a twenty five million dollar player, in my opinion, the he's three, not even half as good. Three, the three best shooters I've ever seen in my lifetime. I've ever the three best shooters I've ever got to witness in my lifetime. And it goes it goes in this order: Jordan, Kobe, Steph. Shooters or think, players? And I think if Steph keeps going. He's gonna to get to that. He's gonna to get to that Kobe level. I think you and Doctor Disrespect have the exact same take today. That that the top three basketball players of all time, which I agree, I agree with you, are Jordan, Kobe, and Steph Curry. I agree. It's crazy. It's it's he really is. He's that good. He's five hundred games better than Ray Allen. Honestly, Steph could Steph could be the greatest of all time someday. I I don't even know. We don't even know what what we have. What he has in store for us is his prime. He's like at the prime of his powers, and he's like still got like five six years left of prime. So it's exciting. No, he like I said, we're not gonna like that level of of efficiency that level of that the level of respect that they show him on the court on a nightly basis is out of this world dude they they're like you said they're doubling him before he even he even breaks half court Thibel was so tired from guarding Steph he couldn't even shoot he was exhausted like he was all over Steph Curry um, um Mar- Martise Thibel it was. It was. I mean, he. It was amazing efforts. He's held Steph to twenty four points. He had, a, he had a hell of a game. Honestly, Thibault did. But yeah, that's that's the thing, man. It's like when you respect a guy, you're guarding him at half court. It's nothing like it. We haven't seen anything like that. It's just a fact. Maybe Jordan. Maybe Kobe. That's about it. So, that's pretty much it. Yeah, Nash was a great player. Nash was really, really great. And Steph Curry, or uh, once once Steph beat his record, Nash was just like, duh, of course he was going to break my record. Like, <laughs> everyone knew that, and he's Curry. So he does what Nash did way better than Nash, and Nash was amazing. Nash is a Hall of Famer. I love Steve Nash. I miss him. Great player until his ankles kind of busted out. Nash was a great. He was. Nash was really good. He. You want to talk about somebody with with court vision, with great court vision, amazing, and like some incredible passing abilities. Steve Nash was it. He said Curry invented the desperate three with attitude. Yeah, Curry invented a lot of stuff. Curry changed the entire game that we play. Even kids now are just jacking up threes in the in the <laughs> local courts. But JD, I think that's gonna do it for the episode. So twenty episode, episode. twenty one, guys, in the books. You are more than welcome. Me and JD are gonna fire up this. Uh, we are gonna add this little here we go fun here. So yeah, here's here how go. this is gonna work. Me and JD are about to buy one of you guys a Christmas present, and it's gonna be last man standing. So the wheel spins, it lands on a name, and you're eliminated. You're out. The Ooh. last one standing gets 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 the uh, I like this gets the giveaway. So we are gonna fire this up and spin away. So if y'all know your members, 
if y'all are members, stay tuned, hang out with us, and uh, find out who wins. And if you don't see it, if you don't see the members, go and grab them wherever they are. Go go find them on the interweb and go and get them and bring them here. But here we go. We are going to get this started. Yeah, quite a few All of them right, here, though. First spin. JD, let me know if it's spinning on cam live so we can see it. Okay. Is it spinning? Spinning. It's spinning. All right. So who is going to be the first one <laughs> that we have to knock off? Oh, Tor Four. All right. Tor is. We gone. You're the winner that you aren't here anymore. <laughs> so let me find did the wheel of death. It's called the wheel of death. <laughs> did it take Tor out? I think it, it did looks take, like it. Yeah. Took, I think took it him did out. take him out. Mm -hmm. All right. So here we go. We are hey, thanks, Birdman. Away. Thanks for watching, everybody. All right, Real cool, genuine <laughs> Phil is the next one that we are oh, going to take bye, off Phil. the list. Dang, how are you going to do Phil like that? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wheel of loss, I like that. <laughs> Wheel of misfortune. <laughs> the Wheel of misfortune. <laughs> all right, here we go. Spin it yeah, away. Rick, Rick, Missy, and Luke are all still up. What's up, Boston? Sports fan. Oh, oh, it almost Nikki is gone. <laughs> hey, gone. Sorry, Nikki. <laughs> if they're not here, if they're not here and they win, like, is it last person here or is it just? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them 24 hours to get back to me. Okay, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to keep we'll have to remember well we'll have it on video so never we'll mind we'll have to remember who yeah. the final you know what we'll do i'll make a note of it the final yeah. i will write the final five down for sure that's that's a good idea or the final three for that's sure what we'll do the final three and if nobody claims then we're gonna have to do this over again <laughs> oh no yeah let's not do that we what's can, up we'll boston sports fan we'll all right guys here we go They'll we are it. counting them down we'll definitely claim it The wheel of impending doom. <laughs> Who's up? Next oh, level sports. Next oh. level sports is Knocked gone. Out. See you, bud. Much love to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are spinning away. It's getting down, y'all. Jack Jethro. Oh, yep. Jack Jethro. Uh -oh. oh, sorry, bro. Man. Sorry, bro. That's my brother. He's gone. Uh, He's getting a Christmas present anyway. So that's... Uh, he'll be all right. <laughs> all right. Moving along. Oh, oh the Carver family. family. Gone. No. <laughs> Sorry, Terry. You guys are still in play, guys. Still in play. A lot of people in the chat. <laughs> all right here we go we're getting it down we are winding it down lg oh lg my bad yo sorry bud <laughs> once again guys for those of you who are tuning in 
the last man standing, me and JD, I-90 Sports Talk is going to buy you a Christmas present. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're getting down, man. Those names are getting bigger and bigger. Ooh. Oh, got saved at the last second. Wow. I thought it was. Sorry, buddy. Man, it's intense. All right. It's got me sweating like another cucumber fill. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, goose. goose. Oh, sorry, Dang. bud. Rest in peace, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <gasps> oh, oh, no. Past you, Luke. Oh, sorry, coach. Sorry, coach. <laughs> <laughs> it was on Luke for a second there. All right, here we go. The names are getting bigger, guys. We're winding it down. Oh, oh Rick yeah, Rick saved. Second. <laughs> Patriots, sorry, buddy. You're out. Wheel, wheel of fate, man. This is the wheel of fate. <laughs> so let's see. Let's keep it rolling. Or keep it spinning, we should say. No! Oh, no! Oh, oh, oh. Oh, wah, wah, wah. Sorry, Luke. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> Damn. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> All right. Spinning away. I would send one, someone oh, a spare Bears lanyard. I don't think anyone's a Bears fan. Oh, it's getting real. Oh, man. It's getting real big so, now. Missy B, Jorge, Asia, Oof. Rick, Bobby Woodruff, Mav, Gridiron, Blitz, Valhalla, and Bosgo are the... Are All deserving, for sure. The, the survivors so far. Let's see. All very deserving. Oh, Asia. Oh, sorry, Asia. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Luke. I feel bad. Luke wanted it. <laughs> All right. We're winding down, guys. Survivor Series. <laughs> no! Oh, sorry, Missy. Damn. <laughs> That's tough. Man. <laughs> All right. Missy is out. Look at those names. They're getting bigger Man, and bigger. They're really big. Oh, Ooh, who's it going to be? Oh, or, a <laughs> or George. Sorry, Jorge. So our Mav the, the legend. final sticks right now. Rick, Bobby Woodruff, Mav the legend, Gridiron Blitz, Valhalla, and Bob. <laughs> Bosgo. He says, by the no. way, it should be noted, Bosgo was my first member. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, the, well, this next one will be the top five. Whoever gets out after this. Yeah. 
So let's see. Oh, <gasps> is going to get saved? <laughs> oh, whoa. No, oh, Rick's out. Oh, no way. There goes Rick. Oh, my so bad, bro. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> nice try, Rick. Dang, he was so close. So, so was Missy, yeah. five are Bobby Woodruff, Mav the Legend, Gridiron Blitz, Valhalla, and Boz. I'm gonna for sure, Missy. That's true. I'm gonna have to text Valhalla to get in here. Nothing but winners in this chat for sure. Champs. Even the Bears. Someday. <laughs> All right. So all right, top five. This will be the final four after this spin. This is it. This will be the final four. So we got Mav the Legend, Bobby Woodruff, Bosgo, Valhalla, and the Gridiron Blitz. I like that better, Boston. We're legends. That's that's better. <laughs> I like that better. All right, here we go. Spin it away. Where's it going? Oh, it's GI. Oh, GIB is gone. He's done. Nice. Thanks for playing. So the final four, Valhalla, Mav, Boz, and Bobby Woodruff. Oh, Ooh. Bobby Woodruff is gone. Bobby Woodruff is out. Down to three. Who you, who, who you think is going to win? Who you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win? You said Bosgul is your first one, so I, I like first. Boz was the like original first. Member. Val is good, the too. OG. Like, There's no bad the, choice. She was the first ever member. Yeah, I, I, I'm rooting for Bosgul just for that reason. <laughs> it's, it's a good reason to root for him. All right, here we go. No bad answer, though. All three good members. Oh Ooh, man, it's intense. Oh, Valhalla's got the boot. He's top three, though. Remember, Valhalla's number three. Okay, so let me let me pull my notes up just so we can just so we can do this. I got the, I'll put the VOD out too for sure, so that way people can see. All right, so so we'll have record of it, video record. Valhalla. All right, ready? He's number three. So yep, here's this the is final it. This two. is the moment of truth. This is going to determine the winner. This is the this is gonna spin of death. This is going to determine the winner. This is it. So here we go. Three, two, wow. one. I'm nervous. And away we go. Oh, oh Mad oh. Legend. All right, Mad the Legend. Good stuff, though. Good stuff. Mad the Legend's awesome. Mad the Legend's freaking cool. I've talked to Mad the Legend multiple times, I think. Hell yeah. Good for you. Merry Christmas, Mad the Legend, right? Shoot. That's awesome. We had an awesome big three and final ten, really. That was intense. All right, so here's how this is going to work. Here's how this is going to work. Mav the Legend. Mav the Legend. I'm going to give him 24 hours. So it is, mark this down, JD. We will give him... It's 7.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today. I will give him until 7.45 tomorrow 
to get back to me. Now, this is what he needs. If you see him in another stream, if you see him in another stream, come tell, go tell him to find me because this is what I need from him. I need an email address and a first name. And if he's not comfortable, then we're going to go down the list until yep. I will go to Boz. And if I don't hear from her in a day, I'm going to go to Valhalla. That's how this is going to work. All right. Good so stuff. Good if stuff. If you see Mav the Legend in any live stream, you need to tell him to get in touch with me either on YouTube or in on Twitter and tell him that he won and he needs to come give me what I need to give him his, his Christmas present. That's that's a good one. We'll go down the list. So the top three were Mav the Legend, Boz, Bozgel, and Valhalla. The Beantown well, Christmas playing, present. Everybody. Thanks for to all the mods and members. Absolutely. That was fun. Good times. So it's Mav fun to eliminate the winner. <laughs> Mav the legend is the winner. Good game. Um, Good game. When like I said, that's we will me and JD will keep in we will keep track of that. But once again, guys, thanks a lot for playing. Episode 21 in the books. We appreciate y'all. All of the members, much, much appreciated to you guys. We are out of here. Heck yeah, man. Can't wait for 22. Let's I go. I, Bear I, down. I, so if it goes down, I have a feeling. I don't know if I like, hopefully I'm able to track down Boz and, and Mav, but then it go, and I know Valhalla. I, I know, I know his contact info, so I don't need it from him, but, but that'll, uh, that'll do it though, guys. So once again, uh, it's 24 hours. Mav the Legend has 24 hours to get in touch with me. And if you guys can track him down before I can, because I'm going to go look for him too. I'm going to be looking for him too. Um, if he doesn't get back to me, then it's going to go to Boz. And I'm going to give her a day to get back to me. And if, if I don't hear from her, I'm going to go to Valhalla. And I know his contact information. Heck yeah. But... Merry Christmas to Mav the Legend from the from myself and JD. Congratulations on winning the contest and thank you for being a member. Much, much appreciated. But that'll do it, guys. Me and JD are out for the night. We appreciate y'all. Go patch. JD hit him with it. Bear down, boys. Bear down and see red. Let's go. Big year. Take Big care, year guys. Boys. We love y'all. We're out. Peace. Peace out.